Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Welcome to episode six of your halftime chat with me and Lee Addison. If you don't already, I say this every week, but if you don't already, make sure you go and follow the rugby league coach himself, Lee Addison. If you haven't followed him already, what are you doing? What are you doing? Go follow Lee Addison. Go and sign up for his Aim Higher program. If you're a young bloke, you're a young lad, which most of you are that listen to this podcast and you want to improve your rugby league skills, make sure you go sign up to his Aim Higher program. It's great stuff there for all the young blokes trying to improve their rugby league skills. But without further ado, we start off episode six, the halftime chat, talking about the New Zealand Warriors. Very interesting chat there. We both have very... Similar but very interesting views there on the New Zealand Warriors. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy episode six of the Halftime Chat. Hello and welcome back to episode six of the Halftime Chat with Lee Addison. And we've got the one and only Lee with us. And from what I've heard pre-recording, Lee's had a pretty (laughs) big day. Lee has had a pretty big day, but I'll let him tell you about that one. But first of all, how are you, Lee? I'm good, mate. Thank you. And I hope you are well too. Um, yeah, just had a huge day at the Logan Clinic. Broke all records for my AIM Higher Clinics today. 101 children. Um, the previous bests, uh, we had 64 at a holiday camp at Redlands last year. We're sadly no longer going to be at Redlands. Um, we did 94 in the pre-season at Balamble and... Uh, we've literally today, hot off the press, broken our record for a clinic 101. I mean, me as the owner of, of that, I, I am absolutely stoked. I've got to thank the Logan community. I've got to thank the Slats Creek Rugby League Club, thank all the players, thank all the, all the coaches. Um, because even though it is my livelihood and I'm working on it, mate, I still, I still have a massive, proud feeling when I see so many people come together like that. Um, I offer cheap, cheap coaching to people, so... I really love it when they do take it up. And, um, yeah, it's just it, – it, it, it's a real good business to be in, mate, because um, it's just so rewarding. And seeing the smiles on the kids' faces and parents who are happy because they can dump the kids with you for a day and then their kids are, the kids are all tired because they've been running around all day and then they'll sleep tonight. And, yeah, they love it. Well, if it's all of- – if it, all it takes to get rid of my brothers for an afternoon is to fly them up to Logan, then look, I'll have to sign them up. Um, well, mate, don't don't worry, mate. I'll be in Sydney in two weeks. Well, there you go. If running Sydney, one, Nor- like... Norford Park at Chester Hill. I'm sure running I... one there. I'll make 19th sure to the 21st. I'll make sure I drop them off to you then. No worries, um... no worries, no worries. <laughs> um, but without further ado, we'll get straight into our little analysis here. Uh, the first team we've got is the New Zealand Warriors. Now, mm. um, a bit of an interesting one. Mm. They pretty much started the season exactly how I expected them to start out. They do mm. look mm. quite mm. strong, 
uh, but they aren't really the big guns of the competition. What are your thoughts on the no. New Zealand Warriors? I, wa- I actually watched the New Zealand Warriors versus Broncos game last week. It just it fit into my calendar really nicely. Um, I wasn't watching it because I knew we were talking about them, so it's worked out mm. quite well. Um, it just fit into my calendar nicely, and I literally just lay down and watched it, which I very rarely get the time to do, to be honest with you. And I was quite impressed with them. I just thought they lacked some composure with the ball, but it didn't really matter because they were playing the Broncos, who also lacked composure with the ball. I thought sometimes the halves didn't give them the direction that they needed, but I thought ultimately they've got some good forwards, they've got some good backs, I would like them to be a bit stronger around the the halves. But ultimately, they're a team that you can't take lightly. I mean, they've got quite a big, strong front row. They've got some exciting outside backs. That tends to be quite a good uh, uh, chemical mixture uh, for a good football team if you've got someone to steer them around. So I think, I think the Warriors are going to be a team that misses out on the eight. But I think they're going to upset a few along the way. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near Wooden Spoon territory, based on what I saw last week. Yeah, well, they did look quite impressive last week and mm. against a Broncos side that really hasn't been going too well over the past few weeks either. They've obviously come off a few losses now. Mm. Um, but on the Warriors' perspective, I think it's good to notch up a win there. I think it's a game mm. they needed to win, but not a game we expected mm. the Broncos to lose. But if we go ahead into this analysis, some of the signings, some of the losses, the losses column is mm. much bigger than I expected. Um, mm. We look at the signings here. Now, Sean Johnson obviously comes back to the club and he, mm. his first week back was sensational. He played a really good game of football, setting up a lot of tries. And you can see, you can really tell that the Warriors look much better with Sean Johnson in the side. Uh, what is your thoughts on his impact on this New Zealand Warriors side? I don't disagree with what you're saying there, and I also think he's a—he's got a bit of the Adam Reynolds at South Sydney's about him, you know. He's a sort of—that's his club. He, when he talks about New Zealand Warriors, you can understand the 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 passion that comes from his voice and from his heart when he talks about them. I wasn't that impressed with him last week, though. I just thought some of his decision making was a little bit poor. I thought some of his game game management was a little bit poor. Um, He's always been one of those players, Sean Johnson, that uh, he had a bit of a good time a few years ago and then he never really kicked on after that. So he's the kind of player I find frustrating. That said, he seems an awesome bloke and a real positive person to have around the group. So, um, you know, it's not all about what he does with the ball or without the ball um, on a field. It's about the impact he has around the club. So, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you there and say that he's, he's going to be a negative impact Not and he's better than... He's better than some of the options they could have taken. I think he's definitely going to have a bit of an impact on this side. And I like the analogy you used of him being the Adam Reynolds of mm, uh, the New Zealand mm. Warriors. You're right in saying that it is his club. And mm. I'm very stoked that he's back. I think that he played quite decent last week. I thought that he had some really good touches. Um, you know, he's just come back from a syndesmosis or some form of injury there. Um Quite a hectic injury, actually, to come back from as well. Syndesmosis and much more common now in our game. Mm. I think that he's started well compared to what people may have expected from him. Um, yeah. He looked really good at Cronulla, and I thought that was because they have a sensational forward pack, and coming off a forward pack like that, it's it's very good 
for the halves. Um, but coming back to the New Zealand Warriors, he's still got the guys like Adam Fanua, Blake, and guys that he can roll off. I think it will just take him a, a few weeks to get back in, mm-hmm. into that roster. Um, yeah. Another signing that they've got here is Aaron Penne, and he's from the Melbourne Storm front rower. Uh, he hasn't been in the side much. He's been off the bench in most games, uh, but he's a really – he's a strange one because he's different to your normal front rower, a bit smaller than your normal front rower, mm. um, a bit thin, but he's he, he makes up for it in the strength that he has and in, in, in the sort of the confidence that he plays with as well. Um, I'm not sure if you've watched much of Aaron Penne. Um when he was at the Melbourne Storm, but if you have, is there anything that you would say about Aaron Panay in this, in this signing? I don't really disagree with anything you said. I think he's going to be a good squad player. I think he's got his work cut out, though, going up against the front row that, that is in front of him because I was really impressed by them last week, by Fenua Blake, by Lodge, and by the interchange props too. The, the I thought they really took the game to the Broncos. And when the game was a little bit in the balance, I felt it was the front row that sort of got over the top of the Broncos' front row. So I was quite impressed by them. I mean, for all his faults uh, off the field in the past, nobody has ever, ever doubted Matthew Lodge's ability as a front rower. He, if he didn't have the, the checkered off-field past, he would have played Origin by now. He would have played Tests. That's how good he is. and. He is still that player. Uh, his first carry last week against the Broncos was really good. Great way to start the game. So my opinion on Aaron Penne is that he's going to be a good squad player for them. Um, but after last week's performance, then something would have to happen in training this week for him to get a spot because I, I was really impressed. It really impressed by what the Warriors front row did last week, when it mattered anyway. I thought Adam Fenua Blake last week was sensational as well. And he obviously Agreed. got 202 metres in that game. I don't know if the stats changed, but I looked pretty much straight after the game and it said 202 metres. So for a front rower, that's unreal. Um, and yeah, Aaron Penne is going to have a tough job trying to get into this side with the front rowers yeah. around him as well. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's one of the strong points of the Warriors, I thought. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to compete with teams in the middle. Um, no problem at all. It's just icing, which seems to be the new word in rugby league, icing the opportunities that, that was their problem at times last week. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree there. Can't disagree with you there at all. Um, one of the loan signings they've got for this year is Jesse Arthurs. Now, he's a Brisbane Bronco. He plays in the wing. He plays in the centers. I think he's played a few games at fullback as well. Um, mm. Just looking at Jesse Arthurs, the way he's playing over there at the moment, do you think that this was a good little poach here from the Warriors, even though it is just for one year as a loan? Um what are, you, what are your thoughts on Jesse Arthurs? Yeah, really impressed with him last week. I think he had a point to prove. He had some fun last week. So, um, again, I mean, as I said earlier, I think the Broncos have got a good front row, not a, quite an industrious back row, and an exciting back line, especially when you put Reese Walsh in there. So, the and I think Jesse Arthurs is a good part of that. Whether he's the kind of player that, the top-level teams, opposition centres or wings will be worried about is a completely different kettle of fish. But I think in these nip-and-tuck games, Jesse Arthurs is going to prove an excellent, excellent signing. Um, yeah, um, uh, full of praise after watching him last week. I think he's a really talented centre and winger as well. You could definitely mm-hmm. put him anywhere in the back line and he'd do a job. And I think it's a good signing there for the Warriors, especially in terms of depth 
for this year. Um, especially with Roger Tuovasa's check gone, they need a bit of spark in the back line. Reese Walsh, obviously, there. Jesse Arthur's um, looked quite good as well. And they've got some other good back, uh, back line players coming through as well. So I'm very excited for the Warriors in terms of the back line. One guy in the halves. Now, I've been really surprised with the fact that this guy hasn't made his way into the starting 17 regularly yet. Um, but maybe that's just me being a bit overexcited for him. Uh, Ashley Taylor, obviously, he was a pickup. Uh, he started off on a loan um, and then on a development contract and then obviously earning that full-time contract for 2022. What are your thoughts on Ash Taylor? Obviously, he's a talent, but I think, you know, everyone knows that Ash Taylor's life off the field hasn't been smooth sailing. So we don't know. We don't know if anything has, has resurfaced there. And I always think as well, when a team is coached by an old halfback, so I've always thought felt sorry for some of the halfbacks that have been coached by Ricky Stewart, because if you're getting judged by Ricky Stewart on how to be a halfback, you know, somebody like Ricky Stewart was one of the best halves I've ever seen. So um, he kept Alfie Langer out of the Australian team a couple of times and, and, and whatnot. So, and I think, you know, being a half at a half-back coached club is always going to be hard because they'll be thinking back to what they did and what their, and their perception of what a half should be. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's just something like that, that the, 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 the synergies aren't quite great with regards to where he fits in the team and whatnot. So um, I'm like you. I, I want him to succeed, particularly for the person. It's never nice when you hear that people have had trouble off the field, and the kind of trouble he's had have been, I think, with his own with his own life as opposed to harming others. So, I really want it to work, but um, you know, let's not let's not jump to any major conclusions there. He could just be biding his time. I'm very excited for Ash Taylor, and I do hope that he some what makes his way into the side. Um, it, as you said, he is he is a talent and. Um, it will take time for him to sort of get into that side in the starting 17. Looking at the losses column, Roger Tuovashashek stands out for me immediately because he was unbelievable in this game. He was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he started off at the Sydney Roosters on the wing and just teared up, and then he gets his spot at fullback uh, at the Warriors, and we've loved him ever since. And when we heard that he was going to Union, a lot of rugby league fans were we're really upset because this guy was a big name in our game. So um, what effect do you think Roger Tuovashashek's exit has had on the Warriors? He was the new sort of Sean Johnson, I think. He was the spiritual leader of the New Zealand Warriors in, in that sense. And even though it's sad that it's, he's gone from from the Tuovashashek point of view, from a fan's point of view, from a Warriors point of view, what a replacement in Reese Walsh. When you think about an organisation, and don't get me wrong, I don't think the Warriors is an organisation that necessarily has all this planned out perfectly, but if you were going to have a player like Roger Tuovasashek walk out the door, then replacing him with a younger one called Reese Walsh, it's... It's pretty much an apple for an apple, an apple, isn't it? Like it's a real good replacement. So, out of all the losses, 
I don't think they'll feel that one as much as they could have felt it. Does that make sense, Les? That, yeah, yeah. You know, you, 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 you've, had a, you've had a blue chip player leave to be replaced by a blue chip player. Mm. If you'd have replaced the blue chip player with a run-of-the-mill player, then yes, we'd be talking about that loss. Roger Tuovatashek was great for rugby league. He was a great ambassador. I'm going to tell you a Tuovatashek story. The the school I worked at, Mabel Park, mm. um, there was a kid who was dying of cancer. And old Brody, young Brody, should I say. And somebody on the quiet said to me, Lee's favourite player is Roger Tuovatashek. Is it anything you can do? And I know Tuovatashek's agent or the company that looks after him, should I say. And I've never met Roger Tuovatashek within two or three days from New Zealand. A New Zealand Warriors signed shirt had been sent by Roger Tuovatashek. And I've never met the guy, but straight away already, he's totally on the good side of the ledger with me. So, you know, of course, he's a loss to the game. I also really like the way that he handled the whole Reese Walsh thing last last year. He actually offered, I believe, to step onto the wing, recognizing Reese Walsh's skills and and what he could offer. Mm. And I thought I thought that was excellent. Either that, or he wanted a bit less time being peppered by so many bombs, you know. So, um, mind you, our wing gets just as many. But um, yeah, I mean, if they could have planned it, I reckon they planned it well. For sure. I think that Reese Walsh is definitely it's definitely good timing. I do agree with that. It is definitely good mm. timing. Uh, but mm. a lot of experience goes out the door as well with Roger Tuovasashek, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Been in the game a long time. But yeah, mm. good replacement there. A question on Reese Walsh, and I don't know what you're gonna say to this one. I don't know if I agree with myself here. I'm just gonna throw this question at you and see what happens. Reese Walsh, if Kalen Ponga isn't 100% by the time Origin comes around, do you think that Reese Walsh gets the fullback spot? I think he's an Origin player. Whether whether he gets the fullback spot or somebody else does is a completely different matter. Uh, I didn't subscribe to the Gus Gould theory a year or two ago that he wasn't ready for Origin. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Brad Fittler played at a young age. Will Hoppawati played at a young age. Reese Walsh could have played, you know. Um, I think Gus was using the fact he was at the Warriors and didn't want him to to uh, to get used up and get hurt playing Origin. Mm. You know, whether he's the fullback or not, or the number fourteen is a different is a different matter entirely because. When you ask these questions, they've got a whole state of people to choose from, you know. So uh, picking a side sometimes isn't just saying you're out and you're in. It's mm. it's the balance of the squad, you know. So unless we're going to go down a conversation about the Queensland Origin side, then <laughs> then I probably I probably should part that there. What I'm saying is, Reese Walsh to me should is very much looking like a player who could be in the seventeen for for Queensland. I mean, God knows they need something after last year. For sure, I think that. Uh, he definitely has the potential to play Origin as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's, he's a very, very good player, Reese Walsh, and I could sing his praises all day, but I'll save you the trouble. Uh, Lee, mm-hmm. we'll go to the next bloke here in the losses column, Paul Turner. Uh, he's a centre and somewhat of a 5'8 as well here for who was playing for the New Zealand Warriors, obviously gone off to the Gold Coast Titans. 
It seems yep. as of late, the Gold Coast Titans are poaching a lot of New Zealand Warriors players that are coming through. Um, Probably because they're in the same neighbourhood or have been for a while or were in a while. Well, they, are, they pretty much are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Redcliffe there. Um, you, know, you know players are often the best recruiters, don't you? Mm. They talk to each other. They talk to each other and they ask questions and um, they encourage their players to come across. And some of them share agents too, so... Yeah, players are often the best recruiters. Whenever I've been in the recruitment uh, mix, I've often got players to to step in and say the right things. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that, I, well, there you go. And quote there from Lee: "Players are the best recruiters." Trade you know, them. like if, if if Warriors stayed in the Gold Coast during mm. COVID times, which they did for a while, didn't they? And then they went to Redcliffe. Yeah. Well, it just stands to reason that, you know, some of the players will have bought some property on the Gold Coast just because they're up here so much, you know? Like, it, it, it to me, it just sort of stands to reason that there might be a bit of a link there. Plus, there'll be something else too, you know? There'll be something there'll be something random, a player agent or something like that. Or... Yeah, for sure. Um, very interesting little um, converse, conversation to dive into there. Mm-hmm. Going to the next... Um, sign, losses here though as well. Sean O'Sullivan gone to Penrith. He's been around mm-hmm. a few clubs now. He started off at the Roosters, then went to mm-hmm. Brisbane, then the Warriors, and now he's at Penrith. And he obviously played a few weeks for Penrith. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sean O'Sullivan? Do you think that it's a bit of a loss here for the depth in terms of New Zealand halves depth? Um, do you think that if he was still at the club, he'd be selected as the starting halfback? What are your thoughts on Sean O'Sullivan? If I was coaching Warriors now, I'd be possibly be looking for something slightly different in the halves or for those halves to, to perform something a little bit better. Um, that said, the 5-8 last week wasn't too bad at all. But um, like I said, I just, thought, I just thought that the Warriors lacked a little bit of direction at the key stages, game management. Um, uh, Harris Tavita, I thought, was okay. Sean Johnson was just a little bit too... I don't know what term I'm looking for. Off the he flattered No. Well, he sort of flattered to deceive a little bit, you know. He sort of overplayed his hand sometimes or forced a pass when he didn't need to or whatnot, you know. I mean, it sounds like I'm being harsh on him. I really rate him, but, um, you know, he could have he been... When, when you have three or four people in one position, mate, they, they put pressure on each other. So, you know, I've no doubt that if one of your competitors in the podcast world gets a a decent person as a guest, you're sort of thinking, "Oh, geez, I'd best try and get a good guest myself." You know, you know that's that's what. Yeah, that's right. That's 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 human. That's human nature. You know, like so. You know, uh, it'd have been better for the Warriors if Sean O'Sullivan was still there. But then, you know, if a player keeps going around clubs all the time, he's not that indispensable, is he? Hmm. You know, Cameron Smith didn't play for many clubs. Cooper Cronk only played for two. Billy Slater only played for one. You know, like, if we're talking about pantheon of players. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, yeah, it, it's very interesting. I personally rate Sean O'Sullivan. I think that he's a really good player. And I thought that the past few weeks he's really done well in the absence of Nathan Cleary, but you... You sort of did say when Nathan Cleary did come back that there was a bit more direction, a bit more yeah. organisation. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm a bit I'm a bit on the fence of this one because 
I did like the route that Sean O'Sullivan did take the Panthers on. They were, they were still winning games and they still looked unreal. Um, but I don't know if he was at the Warriors because the Panthers, Panthers, they're a really good club at the moment. I don't know if he was still at the Warriors, whether he could do the same things, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Because I don't know. I just feel like at Penrith, um, since it was, well, he played a few juniors there as well before, obviously going off to the Roosters, mm. he would have been comfortable with the guys around him as well. And um, yeah. yeah, I just think it's two two different clubs. It's two different stories for me, but <laughs> Um, might, might 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 be suffering from the whole halfback as a coach kind of thing as well. You know, mm-hmm. he might have been judged a bit. I don't know. They, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think you're going to be happy to see Sean O'Sullivan leave. But at the same time, I don't think you're going to be. It's a bit like a girlfriend who you sort of like, but you know, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like you don't completely love it. I guess, I guess it'd be like that. You know, but. It sounds like I'm being harsh to him. Are you, like are you harsh to him. something there, Lee? Are you saying what you do? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, you know, when I look at... I'll be honest, mate. I look at some of these players and I think, well, yeah, whatever. You know, mm. I don't... I'd look more at the Chad Townsend one. Mm. Yeah, Chad Townsend, I think, was is a bit of a... Well, I don't know, because he was injured for most of the time he was up there and it was at the back end of a season. Um I don't know about Chad Townsend, to be honest. I don't know that if he was, if he came back into this year, what form he'd sort of be in. I love, I love him at the Cowboys. I think he's turned himself into the organizer and he's really found his role there. Mm. I don't know. I feel, I feel like the Chad Townsend one's a bit of a strange one because yes, he's a, a aged halfback. He's a matured halfback, an organizer, um, a premiership winning halfback as well. I just don't know. I feel like he's the Cowboys actually suits him. Better than I, I know exactly what you mean, and I made a comment the other week saying that again, you know, you're not going to buy Chad Townsend to win you a premiership, even though mm. he has won a premiership. He, he sort of is the, you know, if you like, you put a candle on a birthday cake, and that makes the birthday cake. Yeah, he's a bit like that, isn't he? Yeah, he's the candle. You know, he's is the finishing finishing part. Time, the, yeah. the yeah, um, but uh, again, I think. Chad Townsend is probably what if Chad Townsend was in the, the Warriors team last week, they'd have won that game just after half time. Mm. Just because they've had a bit more control. Um don't underestimate with all these losses too, mate, mm. and the size of the list. You know, we keep talking about them from the context of did the Warriors want to lose this player, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Don't forget, this is a team that's been on the road for two years. When you sign for the New Zealand Warriors, you expect to be living and based in Auckland. Yeah. Not out of a suitcase. <laughs> and that is what has been happening to the Warriors. They've not played a home game for two and a half years. So don't underestimate that damage mm. to some people's mentality. Also, don't forget that Gus Gould was at this club for a while. And what Gus tends to do is send a load of people packing and sign in loading new players and rearrange the roster. And I think the next team we're looking at is also a Gus Gould project as well. So, Mm. you know, that will have some of these hallmarks in in a year's time. You know, Gus sort of left, didn't he, about, was it end of last season? Yeah, it was the end of last season. Yeah. The dogs, yeah. So this is a bit of the Warriors hangover. This This is Gus starting to do what he wanted to do with the roster, and then all of a sudden he moved to the dogs. So... 
there'll be a lot of that in here too. And a lot of that will have been down to salary size and mm. length of contract and whatnot. So um, you, you look at that size of that column. You can tell Gus Gould was at that club, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> you go, you go, you go, you go, you go. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. Um, just listing out some of the other losses in this side. I'll list them out before we go off to the next column. Peter Hiku, obviously, as well, uh, left that club. And he was in some good form at the back end of last season and even starting mm-hmm. this season for the Cowboys as well. Um, Jermaine Chamoa Brown, haven't really seen much of him of late. Um, hopefully, he does get injected into this side a bit more. He did play last week, but that was pretty much the first time we had seen him in a Cowboys jersey. Um, Fusatua, obviously, gone to the Leeds Rhinos over in the Super League for this season. And he's been going quite well there from what I've been hearing. Um, you'd be able to tell me that because you're the Super Super League guy. You watch a bit of Super League yourself. Um, His team, team are going terrible, so it needs to go better. <laughs> um, well, I, I wouldn't know. I'm not a big <laughs> Super League guy. Um, but Kane Evans, obviously, Hull FC um, for 2022. And then Liz John Almao has obviously retired there. He was a good front rower, uh, a, a old and tough front rower there. For the New Zealand Warriors as well, but yep, yep, um, yeah, none of these really shock me. Roger Tuivasa-Shek obviously will leave a mark, as we said, and then yep, um, but yeah, other than that, doesn't really shock me as much. Um, moving on to the off-contract June one column at the or at the end of the year, the one that sticks out to me and the one I've heard the most news about, and the one that's been in well in the spotlight the most has been Chanel Harris Tavita. Um, there's been a player. lot of rumours he's out, so I don't know what's going on there. I heard you and, and where Aiden. where do where do you think he'll end up? Look, I'd love to see him at a good club. I'd love to see him at a Melbourne. I'd love to see him in the Dolphins, maybe come next year. Look, honestly, if he was if he's at a good club next year, I reckon he has so much potential to do well. Um, it, it's it's a tough one because he's a starting six. He's a starting six for me. It just depends where he lands, and I would love to see if Cameron Munster obviously um, goes off to the Dolphins. I think he'd be a great pickup, and a, and you wouldn't have to sign him on much dough. You wouldn't have to give him much money to come over to the mm-hmm. club. Mm-hmm. I still think he'd do a great job and would be a good replacement there. I also um, think he's got the best name in the competition, Chanel. Chanel. Hi, my name's Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Closely closely followed by the name after it, Marcelo Montoya. Marcelo Montoya, yeah. What a name. What's your name, Marcelo? What's your name, (laughs) Chanel? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're obviously more excited about these names than I am, Lee. But um, we'll talk about Marcelo Montoya a bit as well. Um, From watching this guy, obviously he was at the Dogs. Um, and then, obviously, at the Warriors this season, last season, what have your what's your impression of Marcelo Montoya? Um, really, really liked him last week. He's got good, good leg speed, quite elusive, tough competitor, um, plays with a bit of heart too, almost a little bit like uh, like a Clint Gutherson in the sense that you, you get excited when you watch him just because the effort he puts in. Um, having looked at him last week, I got quite excited by him. I thought he was all right. Um, what players like this need to do is be consistent. I think Marcelo Montoya is one of them players you could look at next week and be totally underwhelmed by. And and that's that's what makes a good player. 
a good player if they keep turning up every week. And I think that's always what players of that ilk need. To, I'm not saying Mark Montoya is that player. What I'm saying is that they're they're that's the reasons they don't always get talked about in the highest esteem by certain people because they don't turn up every week. But I think if you were judging it off last week against the Broncos, sign him up, sign him up. Great, great, great signing. Get sign him up. For sure. Um, would you, would you see him staying or do you, would you see him as a guy that would be suited more to another club? I think he'd be good at the, he stayed at the Warriors to be honest, but what, what from your impression of him, do you think he'd suit another club? Is there any club at the moment that you think really needs a winger? I don't have an opinion on that. Sorry, Les. I, I you know, I don't. He seemed happy and content to me where he mm. is, and I'd, I'd yeah. be looking at keeping him. You know, I don't. Um, there'll be plenty of clubs that need wingers, obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying he's the best winger in the comp either. You know, like he, yeah, no. there are other wingers out there. So. Uh, yeah, um, I, I'm sorry, I just can't really offer anything to, to answer there, and I mean that. I mean that with all due respect. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he'd be a great signing for any club, really. Fair enough. Fair enough. Going on to the next guy here, Jack Murchie as well. He's a back rower and a centre. Uh, he'll be off contract um, at the end. Oh, at the end of the year, from what I'm hearing. So I don't. I don't think he's got Murchie chance of getting a new contract either. I don't think. Uh, He's not one of those players that uh, that jumps out at you. You know, he might be a bit of a um, a good squad player again, um, somewhere somewhere else, or, or or at the Warriors. But yeah, he's. Um, I think if you look at if we're doing this next year and he's in the losses column, I don't think I don't think people are going to be lamenting that at the Warriors, are they? No, not really. But that's fair enough. Um, Cody Nikarima. Also off contract. That's you know what? One. You know what? I feel he's a bit underrated. I've always quite liked him. Always quite liked him. I understand he might flatter to deceive sometimes, but I just see a professional kid who puts his all into into a lot of his profession. And um, again, I thought he was solid last week. I've never looked at Cody Nicarima and thought he's terrible. You know, like a. I've seen plenty of halves and hookers at Broncos since then and before then and gone, he's terrible. Never once looked at Cody Nicarima like that and always thought he could offer something. Um, and the Warriors gave him a good home when he felt a bit unloved at the Broncos. And I think it's just a good club for him. Uh, it fits like a glove for me, him there. Yeah, he looks really good there too. Obviously, he's very versatile as well. He can put him at dummy yep. half in the halves. Yeah, yeah. Um, 14, I think he really stands out at 14. He'd be a great 14 for any club for me. Yeah. Um, just coming on and having an impact. He's fast, darty, out of dummy half. Um, look, do you think with the players that the Warriors have in the halves now, if they keep Chanel Harris to Vita or not, it really depends on what happens with the halves, whether they keep Ashley, players like that. Is Cody Nicarima a guy? If you were the Warriors coach, is Cody Nicarima, Cody Nicarima sorry, a guy that you're trying to re-sign? You talk a lot about the I'm, I'm not telling you off here, but you talk yeah. a lot through the prism of players. You you look yeah. at you look at the game as 
oh, they've got that player or they've got that player, they should win that game, I think. You know, that, that's how you yeah. look at it. I look at it a lot through a coach's, the prism of a coach and a squad and a year. Mm. And one of the comments I made last week about Parramatta and said, I've got, I think they've got a real good chance of of play, of play winning the premiership. And it made me look like a genius the way they played at the weekend. But I talked about the spine having been together for a while. Yeah. And Cody Nicarim has now been at the, at the club for a long time. And Sean Johnson is back to his spiritual home. Why mess around with that? You know, if you keep chopping and changing all the time, you're not going to get that, get that progression. You know, sport is as much about combinations, spending time after time after time after time together. The reason Queensland and Melbourne Storm were so good for so long is that Billy Slater, Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk spent 15 years together training every day, playing every week, not just at Melbourne, but at North Devils and also at Queensland and Australia. They could almost bat eyelids at each other and they'd understand what that meant after all that time. So the they were greater than the sum of their parts. If you were to drop any one of those players, Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater, into the West Tigers, <laughs> it would take them a while to generate that success. You know, Cooper Cronk did well at Roosters, but let's face it, he was also surrounded by some damn good players as well. If, if you start chopping and changing this just for, you know, oh, he's not, he's, if he's not quite what you think you should have, it's going to upset the fabric the, the, the fabric of the team. I, you know, I saw a Warriors team last week that were playing for each other. I saw a Warriors team that wanted to win. I saw a, t- a Warriors team that were trying too hard in many ways. I also felt Cody Nicarima brought some composure to it when he came on. If I became coach of the Warriors after last week, I'd go in there full of confidence and full of positivity about what that group could achieve with a bit more of this and a bit more of that. I'm sure Sean Johnson and uh, Chanel, I'm sure that they could be coached to gain manage a bit better. I'm not saying that you, you necessarily have to replace them with someone else. And that's that's what that's what I think about as a coach. And I think, I'm not criticising you, but when you look at it just through the prism of players, there's also systems there, Les, too. Mm. That, and, you know, a team that has spent five or six, seven years together as, as a combination is going to be, be better than a team that keeps getting new pits thrown in all the time. And in that sense, I think if you're asking me any questions uh, pertaining to players like this, I've got nothing but raps on Cody Nicarima, really. Mm. So, yeah, I would want him at the club. Yeah, right. Well, I totally agree. I totally agree. I'd love to see Cody, yeah. uh, Cody Nicarima stay uh, at the Warriors. He's a fantastic player for me. Um, and, yeah, I agree. He is definitely overrated. Um, Ashley Taylor. Underrated. Oh, underrated. Oh, underrated. Underrated. That's what I meant. Yeah. Underrated. Um, Ashley Taylor. What are your thoughts on Ashley Taylor? We talked about, about him a bit before. Um, yeah, well, is he'd be a great guy to keep for depth as well. And we, we talked yeah. about the talent that he has. Um, so yeah, I, I, there's nothing really much that we need to say about Ashley Taylor, but anything that you would, you want to add? 
No. No. I think it was we said it before. Good luck to Ash Taylor. Really hope it works for him. For sure. Um moving on to the key players. Um we that we have here, the key players I've just jotted down. Uh, we've obviously talked about Sean Johnson. We've talked about Chanel Aristaveda, Cody Nicarima, and Reese Walsh. Um, Wade Egan, obviously the number nine over there at the moment. What are your thoughts on him? Really liked him last week. Thought he was industrious. Thought he held the base of the rook together quite well. Um, thought he was better than his opposite number numbers. Got the forwards going forward. What you want from a hooker more than anything, and this is what Cameron Smith probably didn't get as much credit for as some of the other things he did. He used to put the ball where forwards want it, want it, so that they can hit it on the ad line, time their run, and there the ball would be all the time. No farting around. Bang, there's the ball. Any hookers I played with, you just wanted a hooker that you could just rely on to put the ball so that you could hit it at pace. You weren't catching it back here. You weren't having to check your run. You weren't having to accelerate to catch it. It was where you were, the timing, bang. And Wade Egan, I thought, real solid footballer. Thought he played really well last week. Defended well as well. Um, Real key player. Chanel, key player. Cody, um, we've just discussed at depth. Reese Walsh, we've already discussed. I, I, I saw a... Maturity in his game last week. Um, uh, you, you got to remember he's still young, so every year he's learning. Is it's like a steep learning curve. I just saw a pretty. I think he, I think he's going to be better than Kalen Ponga. I really do. Like I, I see nothing but quality out of the kid. Josh Curran, I thought, um, was busy last week. I can't get over how small he is. Mm. Like he, <laughs> it's it's a bit. Um, you sort of think, should he be there? <laughs> like, it, mm. but uh, like he's just so good. He just did so many good things last week. Mm. So he's a great sign. And I think you're right. The selection you've made there. The only other player I'd probably offer there is Matthew Lodge. Mm. Um, as long as he stays disciplined, as long as he's not giving the bird to fans. Do you remember when last year when he stuck his middle finger up yep. to the crowd? Yep. You know, as long as he's not doing, as long as he's not doing anything too, too off chops. Mate, what a great player. Like, the, the one thing I did worry about last week was the way Nathan Brown rotated him. Mm. It was a bit weird. Because um, I think the Warriors look good when, when Lodge is on there. Um, and then, of course, the other prop that played so well last week. Adam Fennell Blake, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I remember looking at him thinking, geez, I will not like playing against him. Mm. Uh, and that's a really good trait to have as a prop. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like it's, yeah. Oh, sometimes I wish other teams thought that about me. But um, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. That is part one of the episode six of the halftime chat with me and Lee Addison. If you enjoyed that one, you're going to enjoy part two even more. We go deep into the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. What's going on at the club? What needs to change? And we talk about all of those players, all of the signings, all of the losses. And by the way, the losses column may be bigger than you guys expect. So make sure you tune in to that. 
part two of the Halftime Chat episode six. All of this will be on YouTube in coming days if it's not up there already. Thank you for choosing Big Lessons League and all rugby league experience. Recommend this podcast to a friend and I'll see you guys in the next one. Well,